This is Advisor 3.0, a show designed to help you as a financial advisor elevate your professional practice, transform your clients' lives, and take your business to the next level. I am Abraham Okusoya. Welcome to the show. Since the beginning of times, uh, financial planners have understood the immense benefits of collaborating with other professionals, lawyers, accountants, to, to deliver the best outcomes for clients. But even the best financial planners would accept that this relationship, especially with lawyers, can be fraught. Uh, you know, many financial advisors have uh, expressed their, their frustration when it comes to building a relationship with, with, with the legal professionals. And then, of course, uh, many lawyers um, say that they don't know how or who uh, to, to refer to when it comes to referring to financial advisors and, and, and how to assess them. Well, fear not, because uh, an organization called RQ Ratings is looking to fix these problems, and they've put together an incredibly uh, powerful team of experts to solve this problem. So I am excited to, join, uh, to, to be joined today by uh, a former uh, guest on the show, Philippa uh, Han, who is partner at Clyde. Clark and Wilmot, and of course, the financial planning mastro herself, Jackie Lockie, uh, who runs Lockie Consultancy, and also, as you know, many of you, previous head of the IFP at the CISI. Uh, ladies, welcome to the show. Thanks, everyone. Thank you very much. Good to be back. It's great to have you back, Philippa. Uh, but um, you know, you're you're a you're a returning guest on the show. So, um, but I'm going to go to Jackie first. Uh, you know, so Jackie, you're you're known in the industry. So forgive me, uh, you know, for the insult of even asking you uh, to give our, our our listeners a little bit of a background uh, on your journey and uh, tell us what you're up to these days. Sure. Thanks, Abraham. Um, well, it's great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. So as a quick whirlwind, um, zoom through what I've been up to over the last hmm, few decades. Um, since the very late uh, 1990s, I used to be the um, uh, at the Institute of Financial Planning, Director of Training and Education there, basically looking after the International Certified Financial Planner Standards um, on behalf of the UK um, then after that, spent 10 years with the Association of Investment Companies, um, primarily designing the first online training for uh, investment managers and wealth managers, all sorts of closed-ended investment funds, investment trusts, and that sort of thing. Um, and then just as you mentioned, I have been the head of financial planning at the CISI after the merger with the IFP in 2015, now it was. Um, and then, uh, latterly, I, as, as you mentioned, started my own business back in uh, February 21, a consultancy business helping financial planners get through the Certified Financial Planner Assessment and also doing two lots of other consultancy work. So I do international 
consultancy work for the Financial Planning Standards Board, which is the global standard setting body for the certified financial planner worldwide. And also since October 22, um, I have been working with RQ on the uh, a new RQ certification scheme um, that is about to get up and running, which we're going to tell you all about in a little while. Fascinating, fascinating. So you, you've essentially spent three decades in the professional education certification of, of, of financial planners. Yeah, and that's right. And it, it comes from a background of being a power planner myself and having given advice, been a financial advisor. I've also worked with a firm of chartered accountants as well. So I kind of understand that accountants and lawyers talk a slightly different language to mm. financial advisors. So I can see where some of those issues um, that you know many people have said to me about over the years um, have come in about how to build relationships with um, other professionals like accountants and lawyers as well, and also how to maintain and grow those relationships. Um, because some of them, obviously, they all start off well-intentioned on both sides, but then something tends to happen, lack of communication, you know, lack of confidence in the other party, um, and you know, that relationship disintegrates. Um, and, uh, and so it's trying to get to the bottom, what we've been trying to do is get to the bottom of why that's happening and you know build um what we can to support both professions incredible stuff so we'll, we'll get to the to the weeds of that philippa uh you're you're a lawyer a solicitor who just can't get enough of financial planners you know i, I saw you at the cisi and i was saying to you you just love this this profession don't you i do i do i mean i've been gosh i've been a lawyer for 20 years now and specialised for the last 17 years in financial services. And I have a huge amount to thank the, uh, the financial services industry for. I mean, lawyers don't have conferences like financial planners do. But uh, <laughs> when I first started going to the IFP conferences, it literally blew my mind uh, that people were talking about purpose in the way that they were talking about purpose and they were talking about making a difference and not just about making money. So yeah, I have a lot that I, I owe the financial services industry for. So so tell us then, uh, let, let's go to the to the foundation of this. What is the fundamental problem that you're looking to solve with this uh, RQ thing? Or what is it? <laughs> RQ, I got involved in it because I was working with the CISI on a project around um, professional indemnity uh, insurance. So I have been talking about professional indemnity insurance for a number of years. My view is that that part of um, the financial services industry is actually largely what lets it down. Uh, I have a mm. problem with the fact that Qualifying insurance allows financial advisors to have exclusions in their um, policies, which has led to all sorts of problems around people ending up being uninsured and the pressure that that's put on the FSCS uh, and, you know, the, the good guys paying for the bad guys um, deeds. So I got involved in it because I was working with the CISI on that project. And um, 
the opportunity that it has afforded me is to do something which I've always wanted to do, which is create um, create the opportunity for the good guys in financial services to be able to demonstrate to the wider world that they take extra steps, that they genuinely care. And I think it's quite hard to differentiate at the moment. There are lots of good things out there, lots and lots of good. There's Solar, there's Standard International, there's all sorts of really great things out there. But I think for the average man on the street, who I've generally been acting for for the last 17 years, it's quite difficult to differentiate where the good people sit and where, the, where, the, where they don't. Um, and I've seen so much in the way of, of catastrophic losses that have been, you know, I've been involved in equitable life, in the banking crisis, in AIG Premier Access Bonds, two Ponzi schemes, Arch Crew, Key Data, Film Schemes, British Steel, the list goes on of the, of the scandals, really, that have hit the financial services industry. And yet, as you say, I absolutely love this industry, and there are, there are so many really great advisors out there who deserve to be recognized. So Jackie, tell us, what does RQ do? How does it help financial, good financial planners? When we say, every time I say that, good financial planners, like it's an implication that there are bad ones. <laughs> but how, how does- There probably are some bad ones. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How does RQ help the good girls and guys in, in the profession. Okay. So RQ has a number of component parts. Um, it has a, a base platform, which we call Compass, which allows financial planning firms to load into their details if they have a relationship with an existing accountant or lawyer already, um, then they can join the platform and load in their details and then it the platform essentially allows a basic referral mechanism for though for other lawyers and accountants to refer to that particular financial planning firm what we but that doesn't require very much you know under the bonnet research or you know stress testing of the financial planning firm to establish whether they are some of the best that we have in the profession or not. So what we've done is we have developed um, a kite mark called RQ Certified. And our, what RQ Certified does is it takes the financial planning firms on that platform and if they want to, they can go through this extra level of deep dive of certification and it helps, it helps the financial planning firm ensure that they've got all their ducks in the row, essentially, to be able to prove to the, the, lawyer, the law profession, but also the accountancy profession as well, from a, from a base of due diligence, strength, strong due diligence that we will, we're doing on each of those firms, that they are one of the good guys. Let, help me understand this. So on this platform, you've got database of lawyers, existing lawyers and accountants. And you, are, of course, you got database of financial advisors as well. So any advisors, any firm can just go and 
join and join up, not just join the firm, but join up their existing relationship that they have with accountants and lawyers, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So where, where, the, where the RQ certified is different, um, this is about shining the light on the good guys in the profession, is that if you, if the fractional planning firm, you know, a lot of financial planning firms are looking for new referrals, building better relationships, long-term relationships with both accountants and lawyers. So it's RQ certified, the extra level of certification that they can go through once they've joined the Compass platform that um, basically, essentially, it replaces the due diligence that's required by the the ICAW for the accountants um, and also helps fulfill most of the obligations as far as lawyers go for passing their clients or recommending their clients um, seek advice from a particular financial planning firm. Philippa, what, so, what, there, sorry, go on. Yeah, I was going to say there are a number of steps that we go through um, through that certification process to ensure that all the checks and balances are in place before we award that any one financial planning firm that certification. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back to the certification in, in a second, Jackie. So, so Philippa, what, what obligations do lawyers have, you know, when, when it comes to referring a clients to, to financial advisors? actually have as many obligations as accountants do. So accountants, the ICAW requires there to be um, much more in the way of recording of those, um, those relationships and who's been referred to whom and when and etc. Um, so just on that side of things, uh, actually, we've got some really great news. So we are, we are partnering with the ICAW um, wow. going forward. This is brand, brand new, Abraham. Um, uh, and they will be um, working with us to make sure their regulatory team will be working with us to make sure that the platform um, ticks all the boxes from the accountancy side of things. So that's really, really exciting. From a solicitor's um, perspective, you need to act in the client's best interests. And are you really acting in the client's best interest if you haven't done any due diligence on your financial planner or your financial advisor? Um, Lexel, which is one of our kite marks, is quite a very um, uh, a very popular kite mark for lawyers to achieve. They will require that solicitors do due diligence and keep a record of who they are referring their clients to. So. Um, but more importantly, I suppose, is actually that professional services strategy, that connection, um, and really putting your client at the centre of what it is that you mm. are doing. So lawyers can be quite transactional. Client comes to us, can you deal with this piece of litigation? Can you sell my business? Can you buy this property for me? Um, and we tend to be quite oh i'm um, glad i'm so glad this is coming from a lawyer <laughs> we're simply doing this for the client <laughs> it's true and i think actually as a profession we're pretty we're pretty bad at having really good conversations with our clients financial planners are far better in my 
experience of having really good, really deep, proper conversations with their clients about what really makes a difference to them. So one of the things we're doing at RQ is trying to help lawyers and accountants to have better conversations with their clients. Um, and we had a great story the other day from a, an accountant who was using, as Jackie uh, mentioned earlier, Compass. So Compass is um, it's a, it's effectively a fact find. Uh, it's not as detailed as a financial planner would use with, with any of their clients, but it's far more detailed than, a, than an accountant and lawyer would ordinarily use with their, with their clients. We had this great conversation with, a, with a, an accountant who said, I've been working for this client for years and years. And usually what happens is they come into my office, I take them through some numbers, they say, yes, I know, I gave you those numbers. And then, you know, everyone signs some piece of paper and, and everyone goes home and, and, and that's it. And everyone dreads that conversation and, and it's just not fulfilling for anyone. Uh, but they used Compass and they went through, you can go through Compass with your client, you can send it to your client. Um, uh, and what it does is it triggers all of those, you know, what's your name? What's your date of birth? How many children do you have? Do you own a home? Have you got your own business? Do you have uh, business continu continuity insurance? Do you have key man insurance? Do you have a will? Do you have an EPA? All that kind of stuff. And the accountant said, I've been working with this man for 10 years. I didn't know he had kids. <laughs> just, just really, really shocking. Um, and, uh, you know, it prompted a conversation around the fact that, that his client wanted to sell his business in five years time. And that Compass creates uh, a cash flow, and uh, the accountant was finally be able to uh, was finally able to understand that his client would not be able to retire unless he was able to sell his business for a certain amount. Then they were able to have a really great conversation. Right? If you're if you, this is really important, then we need to look at your business differently. If this is really important, then you need to go and see a financial planner. If this is really important, we need to get a lawyer involved. It's driving a much better conversation for the clients of solicitors, accountants, and financial planners, so that we're really putting the client at the at the centre of what we do, and we can all work together to make sure that, that client has a really amazing outcome. It, it's such a powerful thing that, you know, as you begin to talk about it, you know, anyone hearing this, I'm sitting here thinking, why hasn't this been done? It's such a, shall I say, no-brainer, <laughs> isn't it? That, and I find this in my personal experience with lawyers, you know, we always, as a profession, we always say, uh, you know, uh, you know, the financial planners have to look up to lawyers and accounts. And I, I understand this because they are far more established professions. But like in my relationship with lawyers, where there are millions of pounds of money involved, um, you know, recently with even with my accountants, I just find your description of them being transactional really apt, you know, that they just focus on, you know, Abraham wants to solve this tax problem or, or you want to solve this business thing, let's just solve it, off you go. Uh, you know, nobody <laughs> thinks about uh, the, the, the fallout. So, so what you're doing is incredible. I didn't realize until you started explaining this, uh, Philippa, that there is a client angle. There is a fact find bringing the clients into this equation on board as well. 
Yeah, yeah. And so, and so once you've identified that opportunity, um, you can then go onto the platform and find you can create a panel. Uh, so there are lots of um, solicitors firms and accountants firms quite large. I mean, Clark Walmart, we have 650 staff. Mm. I don't know who's referring what to whom and why. Mm. Um, and so I sort of asked myself, what would it be like if we had a bird's eye view of exactly where those referrals were going to, where they were coming from? Uh, is there more we can do to develop that relationship? Have we had a really great result with a client being referred over to a financial planner? Have we even asked them about it? Have we followed up to see what their experience was like? Is there more we can do? And one of the one of the complaints around referrals is always, as Jackie mentioned earlier, remaining informed. What's happened with that client? Mm, mm. Are they doing anything else? Is, was this a good referral? Is there anything more I can do? So what RQ does is gives you a bird's eye view of exactly what's being referred and when it's being referred, whether it was successful, whether it was not successful. So you can then you can then follow that up. And I think that is I think that will be really, really powerful. And how much of this, you know, mini fact find is passed on or is shared between accountant and uh, accountant or lawyers and and the, the financial planners? That's up to the client. I mean, data is a precious, precious thing, huh. isn't it? And the client is always in charge of their data. So they get to decide. But what you might expect or hope is that actually one of the things that having gone through this mini fact find does is it prevents the client from having to answer all exactly the same questions <laughs> for the next professional that they speak to. I mean, we've all yeah. been there, haven't we? Um, when you, you've been referred on and you're suddenly having to give somebody your date of birth again mm, and mm. your address again mm. and, and all that kind of stuff, it really this enables us to tie up that relationship. And, and it's an easy conversation with the client to say, look, we've got some great information when we went through Compass. Are you happy for me to pass that over to the financial planner with a bit of an explanation around the conversation that we had? Um, and they will understand you far better before they actually even have a conversation with you. Yeah. And it's probably worth also mentioning that the that the, the mini fact find and the cash flow is not designed to replace, you know, truth or press word or or, or, Why not? or anything Why like that. sacred cows? <laughs> well, yeah, everybody has their own software. So like, one step at a time, Abraham. But we, <laughs> we what we. What we're trying to achieve is that the accountant and, and solicitors uh, feel more informed about their client and they can start those conversations because sometimes there are, certainly I've been in a situation when I've worked with the accountancy firm that I, I, I worked alongside for quite a long time that they, accountants particularly, well, lawyers as well, but accountants uh, talk a slightly different language to a financial planner. As, as I'm sure you all know, Abraham. Um, and because of that, they don't always ask the same sort of questions. And then there's there's a bit of apprehension about, well, if I ask a question, I don't know what to do with the answer. Mm, mm. And so this is designed to, to gather some initial information without going into 
you know, all of the, the extra things that we would do as financial planners, but enough to enable the, uh, the, prof- the other professionals to have more confidence in engaging their clients so that, you know, they don't kind of sit there and go, oh, well, you know, if you want to sell your business in 20 years time, you know, what might, what, where do you want to be in 10 years time? And all of those kinds of things that the financial planners would ask your clients, um, it's not designed to replace that. It's just designed to be a kind of conversation opener and a starting block, collect, collecting a lot of the basic information and giving a lot of the the factual plan the opportunity to build on that rather than reinvent the wheel again. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Jackie, that um, every every financial planner has their own, uh, should I, you know, shrine. You know, I worship at the old, people are dropping yeah. off this podcast right now, you know, like, I'm <laughs> like just switching off. You know, they, they I, I worship at the ultra voyant and cash cow and timeline and all that stuff. I, I get that. Um, I also get the, you know, demarcation each of us have to understand where our expertise starts and end uh you know so i i get that but there are things that are uh, essentially universal so so as you were talking about this you know let's say for instance id and v you know identification of of the clients their passport their whatever there are independent tools in the marketplace that do this you know but imagine that they've done this in with their accountant it's been verified their passport all of that stuff is being um done in a digital way and then they come to the financial planner and they have to start the process all over again now not to be giving uh, the the people at RQ, um, you know, business ideas, but that's exactly where we should go. That if I was running this thing, that's where I'm going to go, so that it makes life easier. The winner in all of this, I think, is the client. But what do I know? The aim, isn't it? I think that's what I learned from from financial planners. Actually, is putting the client at the centre of this. And I, and I just think if we all do that, we will all benefit. Um, and if we can make sure that the work is going to the really good guys and we can just put the bad guys out of business and shine a light on the people who do it really, really well, then that's got to be a great thing for the industry. I'm, I'm tired of, um, of picking up these these scandals and I really want to make a difference for the people in in the industry who deserve it, who deserve all the business. There are some absolutely superb financial planners out there who make a real difference for their clients. And that's who I want my clients to talk to. That's who I want found by the general public, not the bad guys. I like that 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 phrase shining the spotlight on the good guys. So Jackie, tell me, why on earth do I need yet another certification? Because you told me, yeah, right, this is what an advisor will be saying. You told me to get my, well, the regulator tells me to get my diploma, right? I got my diploma out, to, yeah. out of the way. And then uh, I went on 
and got my chartered financial planner out of the way. And you, Jackie, tell, told me I need to get my CFP out of the way. I got my yeah. CFP out of the way. Uh, that's not enough, apparently. Uh, then they introduced um, accredited financial planning uh, planners mm -hmm. qualification. And there is chartered financial planners qualification, you know, accreditation. Uh, there is chartered wealth manager from the CISI, you know, and then, you know, that's apparently not enough. Um, uh, you know, I will go to Standard International to have my, you know, firms audited and accredited. I mean, we are covered in certifications and accreditations. Yeah. And yeah. you've just, you're just There's asking us to do another one. <laughs> so, yes, indeed I am. But you will know me well enough, Abraham, by now to know that if I was asking financial planning firms to do this, that I would be ensuring that it is as simple um, and as pain-free as possible to complete, uh, not not necessarily to achieve, but to complete. Oh, I know, so... I know, I know with the CFP. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, carry on. <laughs> But the, the RQ certified is looking at a, a slightly different thing. It's more, it's looking at the whole financial planning firm. So it's not just, so there are lots of great, as Philippa mentioned earlier, there are lots of great uh, accreditations out there already. And if you think of it from an accountancy point of view, if an accountant wanted to refer a client for financial advice to a financial financial planning firm, there are a number of steps that they have to go through as far as due diligence goes in order to select a suitable firm. Um, unless they have, which uh, there is a dwindling number of, of accountants who have permissions to give advice themselves. Mm. So the vast majority don't have permissions to give advice themselves. So they have to refer a client on. So if you refer a client to a large firm, it's one set of due diligence and off you go. And then mm. you can just keep referring your clients as the accountant to that same firm, you know, forevermore. Um, what we're trying to do is we know that a lot of the best financial planning firms in the profession are smaller financial planning firms. And if an accountant wanted to refer to a number of different smaller financial planning firms, they would have to go through all of those due diligence hoops again and again and again, all of the different financial planning firms that they might want to refer a client to. So what we are doing is we, the RQ certified is essentially designed to do the heavy lifting for them. So both for the accountants and also for the lawyers that that the due diligence is essentially completed by us on those financial planning firms. So it means we're opening the doors, we're opening the lines of communication between the accountancy profession, the law profession and the financial planners. Um, so that is the aim of it. So it's not just, so if you look at SOLA, for example, great accreditation, that is looking at essentially vulnerable clients, Standards International looking at business processes and auditing from that perspective. CFP individual, important individual qualifications for CFP and CII chartered. Um, what, what we're trying to do is take all of that information and say, okay, well, these are just individual strands that don't necessarily on their own make a good financial planning firm. 
what we want to do is if imagine it like a 3D jigsaw puzzle. There are different component parts that if you add them together, give us a huge and in-depth overview and we can assess then whether we believe that that firm is a good financial planning firm from a due diligence point of view so that it then essentially all that due diligence process is done for the accountants and lawyers. So all they have to do is go, right, I want to refer my client might be my, you know, imagine the accountant has their biggest client who needs financial advice. You know, they've got the twitches, you know, you want to be able to confidently refer your client to a great financial planning firm, knowing full well that the, the quality and level of service that your client is going to get. And by going through and choosing a firm that has RQ certified Kite Mark, then that due diligence is already done. Fascinating stuff. That's so, why I'm asking you to do one more certification. <laughs> one more, one more. So, 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 let, more. so let's dive into the, the kind of information that you actually collect from the firms or the aspects that you look at. So I am guessing one will be all of their existing certifications and accreditations that they have from the different, um, you know, bodies that, that exist today. What else do you look at? What else are you looking for? Uh, what, what sort of information does it go into, you know, compliance, the financials of the IFA firm? So essentially, yes, yes, and yes. Let me run down the, the subject titles to give you a, a, a flavor. So the first thing we look at is the underlying structure of the firm, looking at conflicts of interest, um, whether advisors are employed, self-employed, whether they're contracted, you know, as well as are they chartered or certified and do they have F SPSs um, just to ensure that all, um, you know, the I's are dotted and T's across from that point of view. We then go on to look at the types of service that the financial planning firm offers, whether they're independent or restricted and the, the kinds of clients that they will typically do business with. We then look at the financial management of the firm. So can the firm, the financial planning firm be used as, you know, one of the director's personal piggy banks, for example? Mm -hmm. um, you know, where are the checks and balances in place at that firm? We then look at the um, professional referrers. Do they have or have they had any previous relationships with professional referrers like accountants or lawyers in the past, whether they've still got those relationships or not, then we follow up with those uh, other professionals to see if the re relationship soured, what the reasons were, um, and, and find out what has happened on that front. Um, one of the other areas is staff management. Um, uh, is a financial planning firm supporting and treating their staff correctly? Um, do they, are they, you know, got all the training and support in place um, in order for the staff to be able to give the right kind of support to that particular client? So, you know, is the firm going to do what it says it's going to do? Is it actually doing what it says it's going to do? Um, then one of the, the probably three, probably most important things, I love the best till last for you, Abraham, um, Risk management, looking at, you know, the governance of the firm and risk protocols um, that are in place for the firm. How, do, how does the financial planning firm identify where its business risks are 
and what does it do about those risks? So it's not a case of saying, well, you know, for example, I've had a complaint that's gone to the foals and they found against me as a financial planner. Therefore, well, there's no point me applying because, you know, I'd get a black mark for that. That is only one small part of the overall structure of things that we're looking at. And then we're looking at client care. How do they give the, the service that they say they're going to give? And file management, or, you know, all the records, IT, every, all that kind of stuff, cybersecurity, um, ESG considerations, all of those things are, are all up to date. Um, so you can see that all of those component parts, you know, just mentioning, you know, are you a certified financial planner, for example, is just one of the tiniest component parts of all of this. We're looking at the overall structure of the firm. But more importantly, we're not just looking at do you have a process? in place for this you know do you have a process to in place for you know a client who calls out of the blue or a referral from a lawyer or an accountant it what we're checking is is that process actually being applied on a daily basis and consistently on a daily basis um and so that's the difference between the these this accreditation this this certification and others the other big difference is that it is reviewed on an annual basis. Right. So this isn't an invest and forget or just fill in a form and say, yep, I'm still good. Thanks very much in 12 months time. Um, and we all know the issues that both the CISI, well, particularly the CII has had um, with financial planning firms saying that they've got their chartered status and haven't. Mm. Um, so this is much more rigorous. So we have a full reassessment process every three years. And in the intervening years, we have mini audit process that goes into place. So you can see it's much more comprehensive than have I got my CFP or have I passed one of my other accreditations? It is very comprehensive. Thank you, Jackie, for, for walking us through it. Um, to, I, I have a couple of questions. One is, so... I expect that at the end of this process, you know, it's quite possible that a firm will end up with a giant F mark, uh, i.e. they fail the process. Yes, it's possible. So there is a, the way that we have, have created the process, it's in two stages. So there is an initial application stage. Um, asking a few questions and asking to provide some basic information. So if you have one of the other accreditations, for example, say you have been through Standards International, one of their assessments, then you will already have some of the documentation that we're required to see. You might already have information on your website about some of the things that we would look, want to see. So you just pop those on the email to us, links if they're on your website, nice and simple. After that, at that stage, it will there will be a three-stage assessment. So you will either fail the initial assessment and we will give feedback, or you marginally fail a kind of qualified compliant, if you like, <laughs> which you kind of just about there or thereabouts. Um, but there's room for improvement. And again, we will need feedback, we'll give feedback and work with the financial planning firm, timescales, the sorts of things that we are looking to see. And or you pass that first stage of assessment. So if you part, that's a really straightforward. You either got it, got the document, a link to, or you haven't. Some basic questions, 
And then once you go through that first round of assessments and you go through that and that's all fine, then that means that you've got the basics in place. And then there is a second round of auditing, which there will be um, either a virtual or on-site visit, depending on the office setup. And there are more questions that we will be, more in-depth questions that we'll be asking. So we'll be asking for things like, uh, you know, risk registers and, you know, the plan of action that falls out of those. So obviously we're not going to ask up front for that kind of information for those firms who perhaps wouldn't make the first cut, if you like. Um, and then we engage that firm in, in the, the assessment process is similar to the first round of assessment where you either fail and feedback or, you know, kind of marginally compliant or fully compliant. Um, so what we're aiming to do with our audit process is we're aiming to identify those firms who, you know, to take them on a journey, as Philippa talks about quite a lot, uh, of highlighting the areas that consistently maybe weak or maybe need to be strengthened, we would like to see strengthened. Um, and then we will be encouraging those firms to come on a journey with us to help improve those firms as well as we go. So, uh, Philippa, so, so I, I, my question then is that are you taking the accountants and the solicitors or the lawyers through similar hell? <laughs> in, in... <laughs> It's interesting because actually this is quite reminiscent of the kite mark that we have as a, as a law firm and lots of other law firms, the, the Lexel law firm um, kite mark, which is a law society kite mark. And, you know, every year they come in to the firm for a week and everybody runs around going, oh, my God, Lexel yeah. in, Lexel in. And, you know, have we done everything we should? And, and they quite literally want to speak to the CEO, to the risk um, officer, to and then also want to speak to the receptionist. They want to speak to 20 different fee owners. And I've been interviewed by them. And, and this is this is the similar thing that we, we will be doing. We, and they say, how is it here? What's it like? Are you listen to? Do you know how to do things? Do you know where how to find things? What's the culture like? Can you do you feel safe here? Uh, are you able to raise any issues? And my experience of all the bad things that I've seen is that actually it does come down to things like culture. It comes down to psychological safety. It comes down to are you are you able to raise your hand and say this is a problem? I don't think this is right. Uh, and we'll be asking those those questions, which I think is. It's fantastic because nobody has, you know, the FCA has concentrated, of course, on, Large on the big firms where they can cause, you know, mm. far more problems. And there's been a light touch approach to, and, I, and we certainly are not going to describe ourselves in any way or, uh, as a regulator. But lawyers seeing or understanding that financial planners are being... Uh, being monitored in the same way that we are that you know it's scary referring a client isn't it this is your mm. precious client and you want them to have the best possible experience and so knowing that that firm has chosen to put themselves through an audit of this um of this style and to have ongoing monitoring and all those opportunities for improvement and to, to lay themselves open to say help us help us to be better are we doing a good job? Are we not doing a good job? I think that's for lawyers and accountants. I think that's a really, really comforting thing. 
Yes. Uh, understood. So, so I mean, I, I think you, you guys have the, the definite, a true definition of a platform. So the, the word platform is used, you know, really poorly in, in our own, uh, in the financial, financial services industry. Uh, you know, what you guys have actually got is a true platform of bringing, in this case, professionals together and to an extent their clients, and there is actually a collaboration going on. Uh, so, th th you know, th that's, that's something that should, should scale. So, so tell us about, I'll come back to an, uh, an aspect of the commercials that I want to go to, but before that, surely people should be kicking your door down um, because at the end of the day, this is about helping financial planners collaborate more, better with accountants and solicitors who will, who should, you know, refer clients to, to, to them. So how are you finding the adoption both from the planner side of things and, and also the, the accountants and solicitor side of things? Um. But you, well, we've got a waiting list oh, of financial planners. Um, so, you know, go to the RQ website, you can join the waiting list and we will be in touch just as soon as we can for, for Jackie's special touch. Um, uh, and uh, as I say... Baptism of fire, more I, like. No, I should stop. <laughs> yeah. Please, Jackie, <laughs> forgive me. Sorry. <laughs> Carry on, Philip. The... Um, the ICAW uh, loves it so much, they want to partner with us uh, and for their regulatory team to work with us to develop the platform even more to make sure that uh, all of their uh, members are, will be using it. They are, they've been absolutely blown away by it and, and they see this as a, a real um, way to make sure that the ICAW members are complying with all their referrals obligations and having better conversations with their clients. Um, and I am talking to as many lawyers as I can about the fact that they really should be on here and they should be referring to people or financial planners who have the ICA, uh, have the um, RQ certification. I mean, it, as you say, it just makes sense. What would be the equivalent of ICAW with lawyers? Would that be the Solicitor Regulatory Authority? To is it, because the way I've understood it is there are some guidelines in terms of how lawyers should do their due diligence to refer clients to financial planners or financial advisors. But as Jackie pointed out, what tends to happen is that, and I've seen a lot of uh, planners complain about this, that you know lawyers tend to just give most of their clients to, um, you know, bigger firms, SJPs come up uh, in, in a few of, of conversations. So are they, what would be the equivalent of um, ICW for, 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 for lawyers and how do we get them behind this? Yeah, so that's the, it is the Solicitors Regulatory Authority, so they are the regulator and we have the Law Society, which is our professional body. Um, I don't understand are, the difference. <laughs> Sorry. So you've got the FCA, which is the Financial ah, right. Services okay. Regulator, and you have 
you know, the CII and the CISI. So that's the same equivalent of the SRA and the and the Law Society. Right. So, so, so no, we are in. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry to cut you. I'm coming from this from a position of true and utter ignorance. So forgive me. So the the. The Solicitor Regulatory Authority will be the equivalent of the uh, uh, the FCA, and the Law Society will be the professional body. Got it. In the exactly end, that, yes. Exactly that. So yes. So we're talking to the SRA about um, going through their sandbox um, process, uh, and I, I mean, I work closely with the Law Society anyway. So I'm I'm talking at their Future of Work conference on Wednesday next week. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it, we need to spread the word. Please do spread the word because uh, we, we need the we need the clients to win and the good guys to win. Yeah. One final question from me before before I let you both give your parting words is it, this thing. It, so what about the commercial relationship between an accountant and a financial advisor or a financial advisor? And, and and a lawyer is that entirely down to them is there any particular rule or law around around that uh, we are entirely agnostic as to whether or not you uh there is any money that exchanges hands as a result of clients being referred we can handle that money so we can handle the entirety of oh. that commercial relationship and uh, as the referrals come through the platform, we will deal with the with the exchange of, of money as well. That, so that the whole thing will be taken out of our hands. Sorry, we, Jackie. We can also, for those who are new to working with professionals, with other professionals and want to set up a formal agreement, we can also facilitate that as well. That is incredible. It's incredible. This is gold mine. Can I ask who, so, so who are the people behind this? Who are the people who actually came up with this with this idea and uh, you know pushing it? Obviously, you you guys are part are part, are, are part of the the overall team. But who's who? Who are the people uh, who came up with this originally? <laughs> Oh, there's an amazing team behind this. So you have Jackie. Ah, uh, you have Johnny, Johnny Ridge, who is our uh, our CEO. I've uh, got Michael. Who? Smith, sorry, who I is, forget. Sorry, um, I keep talking over you. I know this is bad, but it happens when I'm overly <laughs> excited about you it. You've done a podcast before, Abraham. <laughs> um, we've got Michael Smith. We've got who's a um, CFP from an accredited firm. We have Johnny Ridge. Uh, James Valentine. Um, we have Harry um, Kadu, who is uh, um, he was previously involved with the ICAW as is an accountant, and he runs all sorts of amazing networking for for accountants. So it, it is a bunch of people who have been involved heavily in the all of these professions who've seen an opportunity. Um, for us to do it better, for us to collaborate better, for us to ask better questions and have better conversations and to learn more from each other about what makes a really good experience for each of our clients so we can make sure that we make that happen. One of the pluses also, Abraham, is that we are looking to talk to uh, professional indemnity insurers on the back of this for those who, are, who do become RQ certified to try and get their get a reduction in the PI 
um, annual premium that's been paid. Um, so once we have a critical number of uh, good financial planning firms who've got obtained the RQ certified kite mark, then we will be able to go to the PI insurers and to the brokers and challenge them on, you know, because we have such comprehensive information on these firms in order to try and get them to reduce the uh, the PI insurance premiums on an annual basis. And you might recall that back in the day, many moons ago, the IFP did achieve that. So um, we know that it is achievable, um, but we need uh, you know a critical mass of a number of good financial planning firms to go through that process. So that'll be kind of phase two once everybody's on board uh, or a decent number of financial planning firms are on board and have achieved the kite mark, then we will be going on with that. Without abusing your times, uh, so so th thank you very much for your wisdom, for your time, for for the the work you're doing. I I think this is truly truly, um, you know, innovative and 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 potentially transformational in the, in the profession. Do you do you ladies have any parting words, uh, anything that that we haven't covered yet, or anything that you wanted to say uh, to 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 our audience? before we, you, we say goodbye. Come and check us out. Come and have a look on the website. Uh, come and talk to us. You can book a demo. You can book a call. We'll take you through the platform. You can see exactly what it looks like, exactly how it'll work. Um, it costs you nothing apart from a little bit of time. So go to the website, book a demo, put yourself on the waiting list, and we'll do the rest. Jackie? Yes. So I would say that for those good financial planning firms who are looking to work or have closer working relationships with accountants and lawyers in the UK to sign up for Compass, get to know what it looks like, sign up for a demo and then apply for the RQ certified so that you can be in that first cohort to go through the certification and then you know, in the, hopefully in the shortish term, we'll be able to get some pressure on those PI insurance premiums as well for you. And obviously, we want to do everything that we can to build those long term and better relationships um, for your financial planning firms. So if it interests you, then um, log in and join the waiting list. Philippa Han, Jackie Lockie, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for your wisdom. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. There, there is a lot I like about this. Um, I think that what you guys are doing is uh, pla platformizing professional services, which is really, really interesting, or professional relationship. I don't know. I'm trying to use some clever words. Um, but but ultimately, I think this is something that that could be transformational uh, for for the relationship between uh, financial planners and and other professionals. So thank you very much for the work you're doing, and thank you for sharing uh, coming on the podcast to to share with us. Thank you. That's a wrap on today's show. 
massive, massive thanks to my production crew, especially Jake Osha, Melissa Canam, and the entire team. And of course, to our sponsor, Timeline, the market leading provider of integrated planning technology and model portfolio service to advisors. I do hope you've enjoyed today's show. Head over to Apple Podcast and give us your review there. Until next time, goodbye.